Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. This is probably tips for general life, isn't it? Really, any, any, any relationship. You could, I wonder how many of these things you could translate and I could use later on with my wife and see That's if it gives a me a point, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Band life. She, she, she might be overhearing all of this this conversation going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not just in the band that you should be applying these. Things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Greetings. Welcome to another episode of Guitar Smarts. Uh, thanks for downloading. Recently, we spoke about getting ourselves prepared for gigging on a technical level with our Boy Scouts Guide to Gigging. And that was all about maintaining our instruments, getting our equipment ready for the rigours of gigging and rehearsing. But what do we need to consider when it comes to being a member of a band and ensuring that we are pulling in the right direction? How do we be a good band member? What do we need to do on a personal level to help ensure success as a band. And that's what we're talking about this week. It's the Beginner's Guide to Gigging. Come and join us on our social media pages too. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts and also on Instagram at guitar underscore smarts. And also please remember to leave a review and a rating for our podcast using the links that are in the description. Now, Kieran and I have done 30 episodes of Guitar Smarts, and it's something that we do on the side um, of our day jobs and our busy daily lives that have nothing to do with with music and guitars. We have different careers altogether, and it's coming into a busy summer for us, um, looking after families and taking some breaks. So this is going to be the last podcast for a couple of weeks, and then we'll be back again with episode 31 um, in just a few weeks' time. Anyway, that's enough waffle from me. Let's get to it. Hey, Kieran, how are you doing? You well? I'm really good, mate, yeah. I'm <laughs> looking forward to our chat today. I've got a nice cup of coffee on the go. Uh, I've got a fun weekend ahead planned uh, with some friends' weddings coming up and I've uh, got, uh, got a gig. I was supposed to be gigging tonight, actually. Uh, there's a big um, uh, music festival that my band's playing at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got this wedding tonight, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be there for tonight's gig, which is a shame because it's going to be a big one. But um, gigging again, back with the band tomorrow night. So, so yeah, I've got a, got a fun weekend lined up, mate. You How need a you? depth. You need a depth for the wedding, don't you? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
that's what they said. That's what they said. They said, uh, well, can't you just get a dep? And I was just like, well, you're going to need to, yeah. And they're like, no, 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 for the wedding. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm best I'm best man. So um, I think, I think you, I, I, yeah, I don't think you can yeah. dep, dep someone in as best man, can you? But, yeah. <laughs> you can try. You can try. Well, are, they, are they questioning your commitment to the band because you're not finding your best man? Sorry, sorry, I can't be the best man. I've got a gig. <laughs> exactly. Well, there was all kinds of talk about because uh, it's a festival slot, right? So it's not like a full full gig. It's uh, it's just an hour's slot uh, opening up the festival. Um, so they're like, don't worry about it. We're, we're on at four. We'll be done uh, by by kind of six after de-rigging and everything. And, you know, we'll drive you up to where you've got to get to for the wedding. And I told them, they're like, yeah, we'll drive you up there. Put you on the back of one of the motorbikes and we'll get you there really quickly. And I was like, oh, could this work? And no, no, it couldn't, it couldn't work. Sounds risky. Yeah. It sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it? it I'm risky. glad you're not taking unnecessary risks. No, but, you know. although I am, I am slightly gutted because the festival does look awesome, but. Um, yeah. Hey ho! There's always there's always more gigs. Cool man. How about you, buddy? What are you up to? Uh, what are you up to in the next few days? Um, well, just chilling out, really, spending time with family. I'm I'm up north this week. Um, just kind of having a bit of, you know, a bit of time up here just to see family and for my son to see his grandparents. Um, so just gonna kind of carry on doing that this weekend and then head back home down south uh, on Sunday and uh, back back into the usual grind. But I haven't played guitar all week I've, except for my original first guitar which is hanging still hanging behind me in this room um which is completely out of tune and you know <laughs> you could drive a bus between the frets and the strings um but it's still here that's the only guitar that's available to me and i haven't really played it so i'm looking forward to when i when i do get back i'm looking forward to playing a bit of guitar doing a bit of practice yeah you sent me a picture of uh, you sent me a picture of yourself with that guitar when you were uh, a teenager yeah and uh yeah I, I just said seeing it there it got me quite <laughs> emotional i was like that's the first guitar <laughs> You, uh, yeah. now, you've, now you've got your new uh, guitar maintenance skills under your belt. You're not tempted to, to put a new set of strings on it this week and see what you can do not to... Not the slightest. <laughs> Still got the original strings on it. Those strings are nearly 30 years old. Yeah. But I, I, I only really used it for about six months. And then I moved on to an electric, for, you know, relatively yeah. quickly. I still played it a bit, but yeah. Um. <laughs> it sounds like there's no love, love lost thing. there between you and that guitar. There's, I know, there's no- I, I, have, I have a great fondness for it, but as its functionality as an instrument, objectively speaking, is uh, it's, it's non-existent. <laughs> Relegated to wall art. <laughs> That's it, yeah. And only just, you know, only just art. Just, just stretching the word art. A little bit there. <laughs> yeah, that's um, me. That's me. Um, cool. Um, right, what are we talking about this week? Well, I, I think this is a really good one um, because we are fortunate enough in the UK now to be uh, on the other side of what they called Freedom Day. Freedom mm. Day. Mm, interesting. <laughs> interesting nomenclature for that. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a divisive name for it, isn't it? Yeah, but, but, no. but, but 19th of, uh, of July 21 was Freedom Freedom Day, um, where now apparently we are able to, to go back to some relative new normality. So, um, Gigs have started up again. Live music is starting to return. The arts are back, which is which is fantastic. Um, and so we were chatting this week, weren't we? And we thought we had a couple of ideas for today's show, and then we thought, well, actually, um, it would be quite quite good to have a conversation about getting back out there and gigging. Um, but rather than from uh, the kind of gear perspective, 
from the the perspective of what it means to be a team player in a band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, that's different, right, to what we spoke about before in terms of the, the Boy Scouts guide. Exactly that. They were always kind of technically uh, led conversations, weren't they, about being prepared and being being ready. We have had some discussions in the past, like you remember way back when, beginning of the year, when we had Andy Rudd on, who mm. was a you know a teammate on in in Road on the Blues, who, and a lot of that discussion was about running a band successfully. Mm. Uh, from his perspective as a band leader and what he'd learnt over over the years. And this is kind of coming back to that conversation again, isn't it, about, uh, you know, we've done we've done everything we can now to be prepared ourselves, whether that's, you know, setting up our guitars, making sure everything's working correctly, having spurs and just generally being well prepared, the Boy Scouts Guide to Gigging. And this is more the personal level now. This is how you know, how to be a good bandmate, how to have good etiquette and the things you should remember. If you want success for your band, you yeah. have to be pulling in the right direction. So what are those things you've got to do? Um, how do you be a good band member? What do you do on a personal level? Uh, what are the do's and don'ts is, you know, kind of my thoughts here. And uh, this could be quite a complex one, really, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it can be complex because because what you're talking about, Matt, is dealing with other people to make something happen, right? Which, yeah. on the face of it, should be relatively easy because you're, you're musicians, you, you're, you, know, you like the music, you're there to, to work together. Mm. But, you know, most, most bands fall apart or, you know, have disagreements because of interpersonal relationships kind of stuff between the band, yeah. right? And people not seeing eye to eye or people inadvertently upsetting each other or just some, you know, people not not being that that, you know, team fit. So this is actually I mean this could get into quite quite a deep level of stuff, but I think we'll, we'll try and keep it relatively light and and just kind of talk about some of the the common sense things to do. And I must admit, you know, um we you know, we've been gigging for for uh, you know years, decades. Mm-hmm. But even coming out of lockdown and getting back into rehearsals with the band, and then getting the first few gigs under the belt, the stuff that I was kind of like, oh yeah, I I needed to remind myself about you know <laughs> just to, just yeah. to, to kind of remind you know just this is this is uh, this is this is the important stuff because and I think you I think you said this in a previous podcast Matt or, or, or if it, or, or if you didn't you've definitely said this to me in, in conversations you and I have had and it's about the fact that fifty percent of it or, or or maybe even less is is the musicality and the technical competence you bring uh, mm-hmm. on your instrument and and arguably an equal portion if not slightly more is who you bring as yourself to the band and how that makes other people feel to be in a band with you, which ultimately determines how successful you'll be in the band and how, how successful the band will be. So there's a lot that, that mm. people can underestimate the importance, I think, of um, getting a few simple etiquette, common sense, team uh, kind of things right to make the band successful. That's that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's all. It's it's almost like you have to. I think sometimes people aren't willing to accept that um, there has to be some compromise between what they what they want in their mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, the experience of being in a band to be, and what it's effectively really going to be like. 
because not everyone in the band is going to have the same vision as you as to what they want out of being in a band, but they want to find the most of it somehow. So you've got to give something into the into the band experience as well to help others pull in the same direction, as well as kind of learn to compromise and also, you know, try and find the things that you want. That's been my experience. Although I was going to say, um, you know, I'm trying to find a, a band to be in as well and kind of, you know, um, have had a jam with some, some people recently and it went pretty well. And I've been struggling in my mind to come to terms with a few things around like song selection, you know, because there's the, you know, the other guys are very much, um, you know, kind of seem to be agreeing on more things and, and, and I'm kind of like, oh, I'm not certain I like that set list. And, uh, but again, it's a compromise thing, right? So I keep thinking, well, I need to, you know, I need to share in, in their enthusiasm, enthusiasm as well. And you have to learn to compromise and find enjoyment in those things too. Um, but I think also I've been spoiled by the last kind of, so for the last five or six years for me, I haven't been gigging in a band that I've been like a, a member of, you know, when we were in Roadrunner together, obviously we rehearsed regularly and we made choices as a band and we did things that we wanted to do. Um, but since, since um, we kind of quit as a band, the only gigs I've really done is where I've been the depths for wedding bands. I mean, they were fairly regular gigs, but I had no, I had no say in the band. It was, hey, are you available for a gig? This is when it is. This is the set. And you turn up and you do the gig. Um, and there's no, as, as easy as that is, as, 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 you know, good as a band as, as they were and whoever I'm turning up with, there's always, there's, there's no kind of band ethos there. There's no kind of togetherness. And you don't really, you, I miss that. And I, you, and I forget that that takes work and effort to build. And you can't expect to just walk into a rehearsal room and just kind of get on with it as if it's going to work out the way you want it to work out. You have to put some effort in. Um, that's, that's kind of how I feel at the moment. And what do you think, what are the most important things you've learned over years of gigging, Kieran? What do you think are the things that matter the most to you, not just the music wise, but from, from when, you know, what's your experiences of when things have worked out and when, when things haven't worked out? Has there been a, a common thread between those two things? Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I think, one of the first lessons that you need to learn or to be successful, be it in a in a in a regularly gigging band that you want to be part of, or even doing depth stuff, is to to check your ego and leave it at home if if it's there, right? Yeah. Because um, you know that it, it it's a it's a rife environment for people to want to showboat to showcase their own kind of uh preferences skills talent um and that's not what it's about it, this is about putting on a great performance for an audience and as a band feeling that you have all contributed and um you know worked together and in my experience that the, the times where that doesn't happen is where there is one person with either an ego or a communication style or um, just like a very fixed view on things that isn't willing to compromise. And I think you mentioned that kind of previously and that's, and that's the difference, right? Is um, there are going to have to be plenty of moments of compromise, be it on the arrangement of a song, be it on the set list, 
be it on um, who takes a solo, who, uh, whatever. The, 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 the kind of list is, is endless. And I think one of the mistakes that we, we can often make, you know, re- turning up for a rehearsal, turning up for a gig, turning up for a depth thing is you have in your mind how you've rehearsed it, how you've played it at home. And you need to be prepared to get into that situation and be flexible and not and not be driven by either your own ego or your own kind of fixed view on how things should be done. Um, because that's where immediately sources of, of, of friction can happen. And uh, I think that was one of the first things that I was reminded of when I started getting back into gigging recently was, you know, I'd learned the songs in the key that I was told that they were going to be and I went, you know, and learned the arrangements as they should be. And then you quickly get into the band environment and then you realise, oh, no, no, we do it slightly differently. We do it like this or, yeah. oh, yeah, I know I know it's in that key, but we actually do it in, in this key here. And, you, you know, you have to just be able to, to, to roll with that and go, yeah, okay, cool, got it. Not, well, I've learned yeah. it in this key or, well, you know, I've always gigged it with every band I've been in like this, so we should do it like this. It's kind of like, you know... Just, just roll with it a bit. I Flexibility, think. being flexible, being willing to make changes, contributing, yeah. aren't you? That's the thing. Again, you're not looking to, to fit, but you're not looking to fit perfectly in place somewhere without making a change. You're, you're looking to, to, to find a something that you're contributing towards positively because that's that's where the best experience is. Is when you all you know those gigs where you all look at each other at some point in the night <laughs> and you all you just know everyone's enjoying it as much as you are because you've yeah. worked at it. You doing it you're enjoying it you liked it when you rehearsed it people are dancing that's that's the best thing that doesn't happen without that kind of compromise and that you know ability to 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 understand you're contributing to something greater than just what your own desire desire is um and i've always found that that that's that's always and that, that's something that you crave more eventually anyway as thing as time goes on when you're in a good band uh, is that kind of you know that kind of collective experience of of enjoyment rather than than your own because it's no fun going to a gig and thinking this is brilliant I'm doing everything I wanted to do but nobody else in the band is enjoying it yeah. and uh, you know that's that's no fun at all and people can see that people can For you sure. can spot a band a mile off where nobody's a, where you can tell one person's the boss and they're doing things their way and they enjoy it and nobody else likes it absolutely you know, that's, that's, that's no fun. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Uh, there's like, um, so joining this, this band that I've just joined, they previously just were going out as a four piece, right? So one, one guitarist. Um, and that, that one guitarist is, is a, is kind of a pro musician. So he has another originals band and things. And he, he was kind of saying to this band, um, you know, there'll be other gigs coming up, um, with mm. my originals band and, you know, I need to, to be, to have that flexibility. So they were like, okay, cool. Well, we'll get in another guitarist. That mm-hmm. guitarist will become the main lead guitarist for the band. And, but we'd like to make it actually a five piece to, to create that sound that we want. And then if there's gigs that you can't make as, as that guitarist, then, then we've still got, you know, another guitarist. So that was the arrangement for this band. This kind of current guitarist, very happy with that. He's got no ego. He's an amazing player. So I, I, I joined the band and, um, you know, had a conversation with him to say, okay, well, look, here's the set list. How do we want to work through the guitar parts and, you know, uh, work out who takes certain lead lines, who, who does which bits. And, you know, the guy's got no ego at all. He's like so chilled, so lovely. Mm. Um, 
And he's just like, well, you know, you're going to be the main guitarist now and you need to be able to carry this set list by yourself on gigs mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be there. Um, and I, I said, yeah, absolutely fine. Got that. No problem at all. Um, but let's think about the gigs where you will be there because that's going to be still the majority. That's still going to be 80% of the gigs you're going to be on. So he said, well, I'll just, I'll just do the, the, the kind of rhythm bits and you can take all the lead stuff. And I kind of left it that and I was like, okay, fine. And I kind of thought about it. And then mm. uh, over, over a few weeks, I managed to convince him that, no, you know, we need to do this together. You need, he's a phenomenal player. He's a monstrous yeah. guitar player. It's just like, he's, he's not going to be, uh, content he, as much as as chilled as he was with it or just just you know chomping along with chords all night and watching me play solo so that's that's and I'm not going to enjoy that either because uh, I like to feed off other musicians and I like to see them having fun and them enjoying themselves so we've now reached that point where we've gone through all of the set list and he's now uh, gratefully and, and, and uh, you know, accepted that he's going to take lead on these songs. I'm going to do these parts, and we've and we've made it equitable, and we've made it kind of fun and engaging. Because I don't I don't want him to get bored as a player on these gigs, and I don't want to have to be uh, doing all of all of the, the the work on it either. So, and from the gigs that we've had now, that was such a great uh, conversation to have had with him because now we're playing off each other and enjoying playing with each other as, as instrumentalists rather than just, you know, doing the gig. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just having like this segregated role, like, you know, right. I'll stick to doing my thing over here. You do your thing over there, which is all very kind of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Democratic, maybe kind right. of splitting of the roles or whatever it is. And just saying, let's just take care of our individual parts. But isn't it so much more fun when you can, interact with each other and improvise or or not improvise you know it just to just yeah. work on things together and build up something that's greater than just the sum of the parts right that's what i enjoyed the most about being in a band with you is that i had the pleasure of both playing music i enjoyed and listening to other people you know like you and ed or, or, or ken and and tell and andy and just being in a band with people who i enjoyed listening to and actually, we we said on we said on social media this week we were asking people what's what's their experience of being a good band member, being a good bandmate, and uh, and Ollie Ollie Browning mentioned this exact thing, which is listen to the band. So thanks for that, Ollie. Um, and I think that's that's probably the top of my list as well. Really, if I was going to say to people, how if somebody asked me how do I be a good band member, that would be top of the thing is is to listen and, and be listen to the rest of the band and you know try and contribute something together you know try and contribute to something rather than just think about your own part and you've made an interesting point about your colleague though because it's almost like he's saying you know um you have you have the fun part i'll you know i'll back you up kind of thing um and it's it's almost quite a gracious thing for him to do to maybe accept that you know there's some things maybe he thinks you can do better than him or maybe there's a confidence issue there but what you've actually done together is gone hey the both of us here i you know i want to enjoy listening to you you want to enjoy listening to me our contribution together is going to be better than if we both just stick to our own segregated thing and that's a really key point there you have to use your ears more in a band than you know just stand there and play your own little part well i learned i learned that from you mate i learned that from you um if, if prior to, to gigging in bands with you um 
if somebody had said to me, yeah, join the band and you can be lead guitarist and do all of the solos and, and, and I'm totally fine with that. And I wouldn't have been in a complete, complete dick with it. I would have been, are you sure? Are you sure? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And I've been, okay, well, you know, fine. And I would have done that because... Well, obviously, who wants to do that? But as I said, it was like like you said, it was gigging for years with you where you go, that's not where the fun is. The fun element and the unpredictable element and the kind of changing it up at each gig to enable the two of you to just communicate, be constantly communicating with each other, either visually or, or like, um, you know, mouthing words to each other to, to, no, you take this one, no, you do this one. And then it just becomes more, more fun. Um, yeah. So there was, yeah, there was no way I wanted to, to not try that approach with this band, even though they were quite set on having defined roles and defined, you know, predictability yeah. with it. I was like, nah, let's just, let's just, let's play with it. We can. You, know. you can and that and it builds up and up over time. You know, it's almost like you have you start having in jokes, you know, musical in jokes almost, you know, where you kind of you know you always play this particular lick or something at a certain we did this in Rodri, there's always been a, some stupid little thing that you'd play and you'd look over and go, You know I just played that. The lick that I stole off you because I loved it so much <laughs> and then just just played it every single gig just because yeah. I loved it so much, yeah. You don't, one of you don't get yeah. those things happen unless you get yeah. into that mindset of of being a listener first and foremost. Yeah. You know, so super key thing is is being a good listener. And you you said communication as well. Listening is communicating as much as as, as playing is. Because um, you know, communication isn't a communication isn't a communication without a, you know a listener at the other end. So you've got to you've got to be a good listener, not just musically, but you know, in just general communications with the band, which actually leads me on to the next thing that I've got noted, which is rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of bands get rehearsals wrong. You know, my my experience of of being in rehearsals is is that a rehearsal shouldn't be a jam session. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a rehearsal should be something that's structured and organised. You know, maybe planned, and it, it doesn't have to be complex. You know, if you're in a band that has, say, fifty songs in a set—not in a set, sorry—but fifty songs available to it that you pick from when you're doing your gigs, you know, um, then you shouldn't just be turning up to a regularly planned rehearsal and just going, "What shall we do?" It's kind mm. of you should be structuring it and thinking, "Well, do you know what? We haven't done these five songs for a while. Let's cover them tonight, and actually, we've got an idea for this one. Let's learn that song." and you know try and schedule things and get everybody on the same line because you achieve so much more that way i think yeah um, yeah you're right you're and also right. it's it's people are spending time and money you don't want to waste the rest mm. of the band's time and money if you if you're not kind of you know working uh, in, to kind of follow the same plans and the same schedules being practiced and ready for a rehearsal is key um, it's not the same as being gig ready mm-hmm. you know being being rehearsed um, is not necessarily the same as being gig ready you know if you've if you've rehearsed a song um, you might want to kind of you know, figure out your own starts and your own endings yeah you know a rehearsal isn't a place you come and learn a song rehearsal somewhere you've, you where you bring a song you've already learned and you make it work for the band right and then you practice it over and over get it so it's muscle memory I always try and Mm. tell myself that you know something should be muscle memory because you can't have those moments in in a a live performance where you're enjoying things and you're looking around and you're having a laugh with your bandmates if you're purely concentrating on going 
what's the next part again? It should be it should be muscle memory, you know. Yeah. And you see so many you see so many musicians <clears throat> gigging like that where sometimes it's a confidence thing, sometimes it's a lack of their own awareness and how they look thing, which is why <clears throat> I know it sounds really, really um self-indulgent. But play, play in, if you haven't, play in front of a mirror or in, in this day and age, record mm. yourself on your phone, like as you play or get someone to record you at a gig so you can see what you look like. Because um, I got that feedback very early on in my gigging, like when I was a teenager and people were like, you're, you're not connecting with the audience. Mm. Um, and I was actually connecting with other band members, but I was completely neglecting the audience and with no eye contact or not looking up. So little, little things like that, so that you're aware of what you're doing. But sometimes it's because people are so intently just trying to listen and focus on what they're doing because it hasn't been rehearsed, as you say, to the point where they can then relax and look up, communicate with other band members, look up, communicate with the audience, involve them, bring the audience in. And that that's, I think you're right. I think rehearsal can help you get all of that stuff done so that muscle memory kicks in and then you can work on the art of performing rather yeah. than just the art of playing. Um, that's a really good point, that, I think. And that, that plays back into your own enjoyment, doesn't it? Mm. Again, of, of the gig, you know. Of the band you're playing and if you get so much more interaction back from the crowd you can be directly responsible for that you don't always have to assume it's somebody else or, or it's a bad gig or it's a you know you had an off night or it's song selection just just your kind of the way you present yourself at a gig when we were when i was at studying at acm we did do we did have some classes that were about things like stagecraft and you know performance skills and things and and uh, so much of of what you see you know any good band that you see that is a good perform you know people who are good performers it's not always just that they just happen to have that skill it's probably that those things that you enjoy about those that performance are rehearsed you yeah. know things like <laughs> think of an example yeah you know so, just simple things like you know when the, you have some guitarists standing next to each other moving their guitars in the same direction or something yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. like you know it's like yeah. a dancing things like that aren't improvised they just aren't they're rehearsed they're planned you know yeah. Yeah, the way yeah, people yeah. step forward to do a solo and the rest of the band members step back or little things like that that can really make something look slick yeah. you know they don't happen without you planning it yeah. and you might think it's cheesy and it's got nothing to do with the music or what you want to do as a guitarist but it does again it plays feedback into your general enjoyment of being in the band and people come up to you and say you guys were great great i love the way you did that or yeah yeah Yeah, there was there was something that happened at the last gig actually uh that was improvised um Mm. but it worked so brilliantly that I made a mental note to say we we need to do that at every gig and yeah. because it will become a thing. It will become a thing, not just for us, but for the audience, where it will just uh, kickstart that song and get everybody really into it. And, it. and it happened by accident and it happened off the cuff, but it just worked so, so beautifully. And um, so when you stumble across those things as well, try and capture them because you can just build it all into the performance that you do together rather than as individuals and, and exactly. work on that kind of stagecraft. Yeah, it's good. They can become kind of things that identify you as a, as a band, you know, in, in yeah. some ways. And people say, oh, you should go and watch 
this band. Last time we saw them, we just stumbled down the pub and they were playing. We thought, oh, some live music's on, but they did these songs and they did this thing. It was great. They were so good. And people talk about you because you've done something different. And then you eventually find that, you know, the, the reasons you like going to gig and going to play in a band are different than the things you had in mind at the start of trying to be in a band, you know, and um, really key. What about things like band, just general band etiquette, gig and band etiquette? So, uh, yeah, for sure, right? I mean, I mean this, is, this, is, this is probably tips for general life, isn't it? Really any, <laughs> any, any relationships. You could, I wonder how many of these things you could translate and I could use later on with my wife and see That's if it gives a me a... Uh, point, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Life. She, she, she might be overhearing all of this this conversation going <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's right. not just in the band that you should be applying these things. <laughs> yeah exactly general yeah. etiquette yeah well there's no dishwasher when I go to a gig so we're not we, we can't oh, talk about uh, stacking the dishwasher properly which is, uh, which, is, which is something I clearly never do but um, yeah general etiquette right so let's think about it <clears throat> from the from the from the start so obviously you've mentioned rehearsals so i think general etiquette is you know before you even get to the gig you're probably going to be rehearsing so you know there is that onus and responsibility to have learnt your pieces to the best of your ability don't worry if you're kind of stressing or you haven't quite got something right or you're struggling with a, with a piece the rest of the band can help you with it or you can find a way around it but you know put in the effort don't rock up you know, uh, and come across as lazy that you've just showed up to a rehearsal that's going to cost you 40 quid, 50 bucks or whatever for the rehearsal space and you're just wasting people's time because that's that's not cool. Of course. Um, the next one for rehearsals and for gigs is probably quite a controversial one because I don't think I've ever met a musician, myself included, that has strictly followed this, but it's about punctuality, which is like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, musicians and punctuality is just like an oxymoron, isn't it, really? But yeah. uh, there's nothing worse than rushing to set up and sound check for a gig because, you know, um, you've turned up way, way later or, you know, mm. somebody or, or what's worse, right, in a team dynamic is two of the other members, three of the other members have all got there when they were supposed to. They've they've unloaded the van, they've set everything up and you literally yeah. rock up and plug in your amp and guitar and go, right, I'm gig ready. And they're kind of like, yeah, well, thanks for the help with that. Yeah. Or, you know, I... So, and I think some some of that is is around punctuality and timekeeping and stuff. But that's mm. that's uh, I don't know I don't know how you fix that with some oh, musicians. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, this is again one of the things I've disliked about being uh, doing oh, so at least some gigs over the past years where I've done wedding gigs or I've done sound. I've done I've done sound for wedding bands as well. Um, I remember doing one gig where the load in was horrendous for the sound and most of the band turned up late um, and the singer turned up after we were meant to do a sound check so she just kind of rocked up late didn't care or anything like that didn't introduce herself to me or, or you know um, and just wanted to start the gig and at the start of her gig at the start of the gig she was just kind of shouting to me over the stage that her monitor mix was awful couldn't hear herself properly and that it was feet you know, it was it was starting to feed back as I as she was trying to you know adjust it herself on her iPhone because you know the desk I was using, people could set up their own monitor mixes and stuff. Mm. Um, 
And I just kind of thought, well, if it's feeding back, I'll, I'll turn it down. You know, you've missed sound check. You didn't arrive in time to get the sound you wanted and to get the time with the sound engineer to adjust things how you want it. This is your problem now. That was, that was in my mind. I was thinking, I'm not going to, you know, go to great lengths here to solve your problem. The sound, now my concern is the front of house because that's the crowd and the musicians that turned up here on time are actually all really happy with how things sound. Mm. You didn't turn up until Burley just before the gig and apparently no reason for it. Um, and I just thought it, it's just so unprofessional. Um, that's, that's a hard, you know, turning up on time, I think is such an important thing, especially if you're in a band where you're all doing, you're doing things by yourself, right? You don't have a sound engineer and it's not that big a gig. If you're bringing your own PA and you're doing a pub or a bar or something, turn up together as a band and, and, and all, uh, and all kind of chip into the work you've got to do. I think that is just such you're an right. important thing. And do you know what things, what things will happen? And, and as, you, as you were talking there, it kind of made me think of an, another point in regard to this. It's like sometimes life will get in the way. Yeah. Right. And, and with best laid plans, traffic, something happens with the kids that makes you late or you just didn't leave yourself enough time. Right. We all, we all mess up from time to time and, and turn up later than we intended to. But in that example that you gave, like the right behavior would have been, guys, I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm late. I meant to get here earlier. Sorry for kind of keeping you guys waiting. Sorry for holding things up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you show up, you, you apologize and you, and you muck straight in, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what have I got time to do? Is there a time for sound check? Okay. No worries. Well, let's just communicate with each other on the fly, uh, you know, as the gig starts and, and, um, you know, sorry that I, I didn't get here for sound check or, or whatever. You come, you come with the right attitude and you're humble with it and you come to make amends. I've turned up for gigs late where, where life has got in the way and it wasn't intentional, but, the first thing I do is not go to the bar and get myself a drink and then go, oh, right, I've had my drink. I might as well start thinking about pack- unpacking the car and, and setting up. It's like you come through the door <laughs> loaded with as much as you can carry and you start setting up straight yeah. away and you get mucked in and you get you catch yourself up, right, so that you're not holding the rest of the band up with with sound check or, or what have you. And you then people can realise, okay, you know, this is somebody that's not doing it intentionally. This is, this has happened. And, uh, you know, it, it just creates a better sense rather than somebody. And I've seen people do this where they just rock up late, but then they're just, then they're still not in a hurry to, to, to do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what is wrong with those people? <laughs> I don't know. It's like a lack of self-awareness completely, yeah, isn't it? Right? Exactly. You know, it's just rude. It's just rude. Exactly. Right? You never know. Yeah. You're, you never know what's going to happen. I've had, you know, um, I've, I've had gigs before where I've turned up early and kind of got set up early. You think, this is great. I'm just going to relax or whatever. And then you set up and you kind of go, oh, something's not working. Or, mm. or um, you know, I've forgotten something and you've got to run back to get something. Sometimes things happen. Give yourself the time for the unexpected as well as the things you know you have to do. Mm-hmm. And also give yourself the time to set up, get sound checked, and then just sit down and chill out as a band, relax, shoot the breeze. You'd be surprised sometimes how little time you get when you're in a band to just sit down and chill out together mm-hmm. and, and just have a little bit of a socialise. How often did we do it when we were in a band together? How often did we actually, as a band, just go out and as a, as a group of mates and, and chill out? It wasn't that well, We had to make yet. time. We had to make time for it, didn't, didn't yeah, we? And Andy, exactly. Andy was very good at this, as always, of... Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he ran a band brilliantly. He would 
run it so that there was money in the kitty available to fund a night out and then you know he's he's uber god of efficient organization right so he'd rally us all around book a venue (laughs) you know five five blokes when it wasn't even a gig you know amazing organization skills but he would but he recognized and we all enjoyed that 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 element of doing it but Mm -hmm. if it wasn't a wedding gig which uh you know can 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 be a little bit too much downtime sometimes where you're set up and then you've got to sit around for like five hours waiting um otherwise those gigs were just yeah set up sound check play and you know the team bonding happens in between um so yeah yeah good good point though yeah try to get there early spend some time um, exactly yeah Exactly. And we were, so we were just talking about etiquette there, and you mentioned um, you, you mentioned about punctuality being mm. a top thing there. Um, one of the things that I that I'd thought about as well is volume. Mm-hmm. How? Because yep. <laughs> we're cause we're terrible as guitarists, right? Yeah, Not we're always too quiet. Too loud, <laughs> we're always playing as well. We're always noodling around, aren't we? Are you like? I'm still like this. I'm still like this now. You know, you kind of go to a rehearsal or you at a gig or whatever like that, and you're sound checking whatever, and you just you're just noodling around on the guitar. Stop doing that. Stop. I'm a nightmare for it. I'm a nightmare for it as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's you got to you got to that and that's that again. I think is when you. But you, I, I think I remember you telling me about that before, like in, uh, like when you play with pro musicians and stuff that are like proper seasoned professionals, it's like end of a song, volume knob, straight down, bang, off. done, silence, off. And it stays off until you're ready for the next gig. And if you need to tune up, you've got a tuner that bypasses and it's silent and it's all of those little things. So yeah, yeah but, but yeah, for years, like song finishes and tune up and have a little noodle, make sure your patch or your pedal is right for the next song and all of those yeah. little things. It's just like the rest of them. What, what are you doing? Yeah. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't see the drummer just sitting there, just kind of like... Tuning his drums. It just wouldn't happen. It, it, it wouldn't, just wouldn't Guitarists happen. are a nightmare what for is that. It? Like, why are we like that? Why is it? Don't know. I don't know what it is. It's probably not even conscious sometimes. It's like a fidget mechanism because you've got like a guitar strap around you and your hands are there and it kind of feels weird just to keep them still on a guitar. But you've got to check yourself with that for sure. Try and make as little noise and disruption. uh, Even during... Okay, so here's here's a really important point uh, to be conscious of of that exact topic is when everyone is, you're not ready, you're not necessarily at sound check uh, stage yet, but you've all plugged in, you're all testing everything works for your individual instruments and you're all trying to dial in your sound for the gig and everything. And then Mr. Guitarist in the corner there, he's, he's been plugged in for like 10 minutes and he's just going through every single patch and every possible volume connotation and every yeah. single thing. It's just like no one else can even has a like an interval to be able to check out their gear because Mr. Guitarist is plugged in and, and that's it now. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about him getting his stuff yeah. right. And you've got to be very conscious not to be that guy. It's like if you are plugged in first and you are ready to go, Test your gear out, make sure it all works, get it, get it as close as you can, but do it quickly and then and then shut up so that so that other people can yeah can, can get themselves Absolutely. sorted. Do those things in the context of the band and uh, the sound, right? 
do those because because you you kind of always you're doing yourself a disservice as well, right? Because you're getting your you're getting your sound right. Really, what you should be doing is kind of it's almost like a line check. Is everything working? Turn everything on. Yeah, everything's working. Nothing stops working when I turn things on. You know, am I am I levels more or less correct? So, in in not in terms of the gig, in terms of with each other, you know. So, do exactly. I have a clean sound and all drive sound? Does yeah. is my lead sound coming up enough? The, the the different levels you expect in relation to each other, get them right, and then when you know they're right, turn everything. You know, just just put your guitar down and wait for sound check. And then when you sound check as a band, that's when you need to be start think, start thinking: Am I loud enough in the context of the band? Yeah. Is this sound right in the context of the band? Do I need to EQ my amp differently for this room that we're in? You know, do mm. I need mm. to knock a bit of bottom end off or or whatever? Start thinking about things in the context of the music you're playing, not totally. just, you know, we're terrible for it as guitarists, right? Because, you know, one of my things I like when I'm playing at home is I like having a nice big round kind of strat sound, mm-hmm. you know, with loads of bottom end, um, especially when you're, you're playing like clean stuff. But that's stuff doesn't punch through in a band no. unless you're in like a trio you know and you need a big and then you need guitar it, yeah. but if you're kind of like you know in a seven piece band with you know a keys player a bass player two guitarists or whatever you know you need to think about how your sound f- is in the mix you can't do that unless you're in the mix so f- yeah I, I agree entirely get your stuff working make sure it works put it down and then when you're doing a sound check as a band think about it in the context of the band not just of myself and think and listen for the others as well right the drummer's not going to be able to get up front and go out and listen to sound yeah. check uh, the singer might the singer might be able to but um the bass player gen- <laughs> invariably never never does i don't know why but you know mm. it's it's often the, the lead singer and the guitarist that would come out front to check levels and things like that if you haven't got a proper sound engineer running your front of house so obviously the natural inclination is to check if your guitar's cutting through the mix and yeah, you're going to do that. You're always going to do that. And you're going to want to check if your, if your lead patch is, is punching through for solos. But once you've satisfied <laughs> your own kind of ideas around that, listen for where the other instruments are, because it doesn't matter how good you think your guitar sound is or how much it's cutting through. If the, if the bass isn't there or a bass needs EQing or the vocalist has got too much top end or whatever it is, mm. like, like be that team player that helps the band sound check and you know oftentimes listening for others and going to them yeah your bass sounds brilliant but actually we could do with a little bit more from it just to to kind of fill out the sound Mm -hmm. can you come up can you come up a bit or whatever you know people appreciate that because they realize then you're you're helping them to get the best sound possible for them as well as yourself so yeah absolutely Uh, my experience as a sound engineer in some situations is often that um when like you've got to remember that people are there to your audience are there to listen to the music and the things Mm. that they listen to are the singer first and the band as a whole is one kind of complete sound and more often than not if somebody comes to you and says hey i can't really hear what you're singing the singer probably doesn't need to be any louder the rest of the band probably need to be quieter yes. you've come up too much you've crept yeah. up too much and 
simple things make a difference, right? If you're saying, well, I can't hear my amp, then think about where it is in relation mm. to you. Because if you're stood in front of your amp and your amp's on the floor, all that sound is just coming past your feet and you're not really hearing it. You're hearing all the reflections in the room. Um, so lean your amp back, stand it on a chair, do something so that you are in more of the direct line of its you know, path of travel from the, from the speaker and you can hear yourself a little bit better. Um, yeah. Just remember about how, you know, how it can affect the mix of everything, especially if you're in a band that, like we were for a long time, we didn't put everything through the PA. You know, we relied on the PA for the vocals and that was it. And then everything else was the acoustic nature of the band. Um, and if we needed the guitar to be louder, it was the amp that were turned up, not the PA. Mm. Um, so you got to learn, learn how to balance things, learn how you affect that overall mix. Sometimes you just have to accept, well, at this gig, I'm just not going to be able to hear myself brilliantly, but I'm going to yeah. trust that the audience can hear everything better. And that means for a better gig. Think Absolutely. about the greater picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good advice. Really good advice. I wanted to talk about something which is probably a hard topic to talk about for some people in bands, but that's finances. Because mm. there's always going to be any band that you're in, you know, over a long period of time, there's going to be some running expenses, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're just starting out the band, initially the first thing you're going to have to pay for is rehearsal space. There's a yeah. shared cost immediately. And then maybe as you progress, you might want to invest in a PA system that the band has, or you might want to pay for a recording of a demo. So being in a band, it's, it's you're going to have shared financial commitments as a band. How do you think, cause again, this is something that Andy took care of for us when we were in a band together. Mm. And I thought he did it really well because he took ownership of it and he was transparent with it. Mm. And that might, you know, I think the way we did it is the ideal way because we trusted somebody in the band who was trustworthy. That person yeah. was clear and transparent about the costs of running a band. And, and we made decisions as a band as, as to how kind of money was spent. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else or have you had any experience in your time being in bands where that hasn't worked or you've had issues with that? Um, I think uh, no, not necessarily had issues with it, but it's easy to see how issues can arise. And I was reminded of this recently as well is like different people have access to different levels of finances to get out and gig. Right. And mm -hmm. you, you may be fortunate enough to turn up to a gig with like five K's worth of gear, you know, five, $5,000 pounds, whatever worth of gear. And that's great. And then, you know, but the guy next to you has got like, a 200 pound rig and mm -hmm. he's making it work as best as he can, you know, be, be conscious about not criticizing people's sound or like pointing out the limitations of their gear because it might be the, that's the best that they can afford or that's all they've got. Right. And mm -hmm. so, you know, there's, there's that element of it. Um, I think there's etiquette around like so so for example uh for one of the gigs i went to recently the lead singer picked me up because he had a van he's just like well we live close enough we're going down there why don't we just mm -hmm. go together i'll dump your stuff in the van and you know uh i felt obliged to offer him to get you know petrol money and stuff like that to, to yeah, help fill up the van and things like that he wouldn't take it you know he's very lovely guy and he's just like no don't be silly i don't need that but you know think about kind of things like that so that 
I guess it's about trying to find ways to make money not an issue, right? Because um, for some people, the money that you get at the end of the gig is an important part of their weekly income, right? Yeah, for, for some people, it's, you know, it's not. Um, and so think about it in that way. Always kind of like stump up for, for stuff. I think, I think the band kitty thing is a really great idea if people are comfortable and can afford it. And it's also yeah. being conscious of that, right? Like for some people putting 20 quid into a band kitty, if you've only been paid like 60, 60 pounds for a gig and you need that 60 pounds to, you know, help pay for your, your bills for the next week, that, that can be a big ask. So, um, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. it, 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 I understand what you say now as I'm talking about it. I can understand why for some people it's a difficult topic and a difficult subject, isn't it? But mm-hmm. but you are right. There are points where that has got to be discussed and people have to feel comfortable with it because it costs money to keep a band running. Yeah. Rehearsal space costs money. Gear, when it goes down, costs money. If you want to like improve your band and get better sound, you know, you want to get some better monitors or you want to start miking things up and running it through the desk and you want to get... A, all of that stuff, you know, costs money and time. So you need to be... I think you need to be on the same page. Yeah, Probably. I think there's a trust issue as well, isn't there? I think if mm. you trust is something that you kind of build up over time, and mm. um, I think if you're in a position in a band where you've you've built up that trust and and uh, there's no reason not to trust each other, I think that's a really good thing to instigate as a band kitty. I personally would be very um, I, I'd be very concerned if I was being asked to contribute money into a band that I'd only just joined, mm. people I don't really know too well. Um, because the trust isn't there, I don't know, you know, how how well that's going to work out. But I definitely think that's an important thing to do, and it actually goes back to, you know, again, you kind of contribute into that trust as a band, right? Be a trustworthy band me- member too. Be be somebody who, you know, if you're going to commit something to having anything, songs learned, uh, be somewhere on time, whatever it is, be be trustworthy, um, and that's going to benefit you in the long run. It's going to benefit the band in the long run it's going to benefit you you're going to be known as a trustworthy person you know people are going to trust you and to you know continue to treat you you know respectfully over time um it's bizarre isn't it it's the more we discuss this today the more i keep thinking being in a band is almost like being in a family mm-hmm. rather than, you know completely just, just, isn't it it's it's bizarre For sure Especially the longer it goes on. Um, so, so that, that's 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 cool. I think I think we've kind of we've covered that one pretty well. Um, and I was just thinking as well because when we when we said on social media, you know, uh, to, to people, well, this is what we're talking about. What are your what are your things? <laughs> basically, Rob Skinner's suggestion it basically yeah, it sums up everything that we've just discussed. Right? Words of wisdom from Rob. He's a wise man. What, he is a very he, wise man and, and uh, a very experienced wisdom. gigging musician as well. So he, I'm sure he's encountered That's all it. of this stuff in his life. So we were just talking about, you know, the things we've learned from years of experience, communication, being a good communicator, being open to suggestion, not leaving your ego at the door, mm-hmm. talking about what to do in rehearsals, how to be well rehearsed, scheduling, planning things and agendarizing things properly, if there's such a word, band etiquette, talking about volume and everything. But basically what we're, what we're saying was summed up by Rob. Skinner in four words. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah. Don't be a dick. It's very it sad. <laughs> it's amazing advice. It, and, and it's, it? uh, but that really is, that really is the crux of it. You know, I, you've got to give credit to Rob there because obviously that's a man with, with many years of experience um, as, a, as a performer and a singer and musician. And he's absolutely right because isn't that also the crux of, of the problems that you, that you have in bands? Whenever I've been in bands that have been problematic, because somebody's forgetting that one sage bit of advice, right? <laughs> to, to not be an idiot, um, to, to do something, you know, to be a decent person. I think if you choose to be a decent person and to do things with care and consideration for the people you're in a band with, you're always going to generate success for, for that band and for your own musical longevity. Spot on that. Absolute, absolutely brilliantly summarised up. And yeah, Good on you, Rob. Absolutely. Good on you, Rob. <laughs> Words of advice to us all to live by. Don't be yeah, a dick. Exactly. <laughs> be a decent person. Yeah. For it sure. doesn't take Brilliant. much, does it? We need to get that on a Guitar Smarts t-shirt, don't we? And send it to Rob. <laughs> That's a great idea. That is a brilliant idea. Yeah, some, some, definitely some Guitar Smarts merch we've been talking about. So uh, I think I, I think I sent our first mug or t-shirt coming up. <laughs> mind, that might be the one. <laughs> Thinking of joining a band? Question mark. And then just on the back, don't be a dick. There you go. <laughs> I'll order two, please. Please. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, anyway, mate, what's, um, what have you, oh, well, actually, we talked about what you've got planned, didn't we? At the beginning of the next week, you've got your wedding this weekend. When, what gigs have you got coming up in the future? So, yeah, uh, tomorrow uh, night uh, is pub gig, uh, which is, which is cool. Actually, it's a lot of pub gigs at the moment, which is great. And, um, yeah. Uh, I'm really enjoying this round of, of pub gigs because this is a rock band that I'm, that I'm out with and it's reminded me, I haven't been in a proper rock band for a number of years, but I'm reminded of, of, of when I was last in one, which is um, the pubs that you go to to play this and that book you are general, generally kind of rock pubs. You know, they're biker, mm. biker pubs or places that are known for good rock music. And I love the audiences that come to, the, to, to rock gigs. They're really... Uh, they, they show up because they're really into the music and they yes. really love listening to that kind of music. And mm. don't get me wrong, I've <clears throat> played many years happily with, you know, function pub bands where you're kind of playing the, the kind of standard dance-along stuff. But generally, <clears throat> uh, people are there to drink and party and the music is there as a nice incidental background thing for them to dance along to. Whereas, whereas these rock gigs, people come to watch the band and I'm, and I'm really humbled that but people are, are doing that so so yeah i mean uh, and then some festivals it's festival season in the uk so there's a few festivals coming up as well beer festivals mm -hmm. and things like that where where we're playing so um so yeah that's pretty much pretty much what i'm up to and then i'm looking forward to some time off as well mate um with the family uh august time taking mm -hmm. some time off with the kids um they're on school holidays and things so just being able to spend some time with them properly and uh if if the sun ever decides to show its face in england again um uh, maybe maybe you know take them to the beach and stuff like that so yeah 
<laughs> You're looking out the window wistfully as well. What's it like up north? Coming down. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's exactly how you'd expect it to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Standard it's, British summer. <laughs> it's pretty grim at the moment. It's, uh, yeah. we've, we've had all the weather this week. We've had roasting hot sunshine, thunder and lightning, hailstones. We've got a lot of heavy rain and drizzle again today. It's. Uh, I'm assuming we've got snow tomorrow, and then possibly um, maybe some kind of. Well, I don't know. Some, Smog is probably going to happen. <laughs> Someone <laughs> forgot crazy. to tell the weather not to be a dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, take our advice, weather. Cool. Brilliant. Well, have a cracking week, mate. Always good to yeah. have a catch up. It's been a good one this week. Good conversation. And uh, um, I'll speak to you next week. Yeah, and you, buddy. Lovely catching up. Yeah, you too, mate. Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. That was another great conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned a lot. We certainly learned a lot um, over the years of gigging, and we um, we're glad to share it in this one. Um, just a reminder: this is going to be the last podcast for a couple of weeks while we take a little bit of a summer break, just to catch up and have a rest, spend some time with our families. Um, but we will be back in a few weeks' time, so keep your ears out for the next podcast coming up soon.